I love to sit and look through those holy pages And read about the eternal rock of ages See all that God has done, the battles he has won The great prophecies unfold In every book from Genesis to Revelation I see his loving grace and this great salvation Brings courage to my soul, for I know he's in control. I believe every word is true. Yes, I believe every word that he said is true. I believe he'll do exactly what he said he would do. How I love his precious... It's time now for the Teaching Timeless Truths radio broadcast with Pastor Roger Walton. So get your Bible, a pen, and your Bible study notebook as we journey through the truths of God's Word. And now with today's Timeless Truth, here's Pastor Walton. Psalm 119, Psalm 119. We're continuing on into the next section of this acrostic psalm, Psalm 119, 176 verses, the Word of God chapter, 172 verses, have a synonym or more than one in the verses about the Word of God. In this section, we're going to see some things that the psalmist is doing in order to be able to have the Word of God kingpin in his life and what he wants the results to be. It starts in verse 25, and it goes like this. My soul cleaveth unto the dust. Quicken thou me according to thy word. I have declared my ways, and thou heardest me. Teach me thy statutes. Make me to understand the way of thy precepts. So shall I talk of thy wondrous works. My soul melteth for heaviness. Strengthen thou me according unto thy word. Remove from me the way of lying, and grant me thy law graciously. I have chosen the way of truth. Thy judgments have I laid before me. I have stuck unto thy testimonies. O Lord, put me not to shame. I will run the way of thy commandments when thou shalt enlarge my heart. Now, as we take a look at these verses, we're going to see the things that the psalmist wanted to do. First of all, it's in verse number 25. We see cleaving. My soul cleaveth unto the dust. Quicken thou me according to thy word. He said, I'm cleaving unto the dust. I'm collapsed into the dirt. I need to be revived. How do I get revived? Quicken, make alive. How do I get made alive? According to thy word. Don't let me cleave unto the dust. Don't let me fall down to the ground and get entangled in the dirt of this world. But make me alive by your word, because it's only according to your word I can be alive, and let me cleave unto that. See, one of the things about revival is how long will it last? Revival will last as long as you cleave to that which God gave you in that revival. And you got to remember, it's not the revival meeting that we call. It's any time God shows up and pricks your heart and shows you through his spirit things and wants you to make changes. And you do so. He revives. He quickens. He makes alive those things in your life. And you cleave and cling to that instead of falling down and grappling with this old world. If we're going to fight the fight, my friend, we're going to have to give up the world, the flesh, and the devil. And they're all attacking us. They never give up. They're relentless. 
And let me just say this. The devil is got a master plan and he knows things. And one of the things that he knows is there are things that appeal to the flesh. So if he can get into governments, if he can get into the entertainment industry, if he can get into the graphic arts industry and put out things on billboards and magazines and books and television and into politics, things that are fleshly and appeal to the flesh, sensual and all of these kinds of things, he knows that you will be lured in. So the devil may not attack you front on but he'll attack front on these things that he knows if he can control that those fleshly things will get you either the flesh the world the world's thinking and by the way worldly thinking and a world view of this world will not get you what a biblical worldview will get you you will think in a totally different light so are you going to be clinging cleaving to the dust or clinging to the word because you need to be made alive. The psalmist said, quicken thou me. And he wasn't kidding around either because when he said that, it's in the imperative and it's in what's known as the intensive stem, meaning he didn't say, okay, make me alive. It's like, Lord, make me alive. According to your word, I need it now. I want it. I desire it. And there'll never be revival till you want it in your heart. Otherwise, you'll pass it by and you'll ignore anything the Spirit of God convicts. Well, we get to verse number 26. I have declared my ways and thou heardest me. Teach me thy statutes. The word declare has the idea of counting. I have counted my ways. I've looked at the road of life I'm on and the different roads I've taken. It's in the plural. There's the way of the Lord, and there are many ways that we can go. But he has said, I have counted my ways, and thou heardest me. So teach me thy statutes. I, I've, I've looked at this, and I, I've said to myself, okay, I am absolutely going the wrong way. Teach me your statutes. I can't go the right way if I don't have your statutes. So I need to count what's going on, and I need you to teach. It's that great word, lamad, which means to teach, to learn. It's not to teach so that the substance is out there, but it's to teach it, to get it. And what the psalmist is saying is, I want to get it. I want to understand it. In fact, the next verse will say, make me to understand. He wants to get God's word, God's way, and not his way. So he has counted his ways. He's declared openly, I've taken accounting. Here it is. This is the roads that I've been on. And many times in life, we don't realize that we're really the sum choice of our, our sum total of our choices. We make choices, and those choices, if they're not biblical, we will end up reaping results we didn't want, didn't need, and really wish we had not done. And so it's best to just look at your ways and declare them and say, Lord, here it is. I am openly telling you this is it. I've taken account. This is what I've been doing. Now teach me your statutes. You teach me what I need to know. And we go from cleaving and counting to comprehending. Make me to understand 
the way of thy precepts, so shall I talk of all thy wondrous works. Lord, I need understanding of what your precepts are saying so that I can put them in my heart and I can meditate on them and I can talk to people about them all the time. That's what I need and that's what I want. So I am asking you to make me. Now, the word make me there is in the hiffle stem, which is the causative stem. What he's saying is, Lord, cause me to understand. Give me the ability to understand your word. And it is another imperative. He's asking the Lord in a command form. Cause me to understand. I got to have it. I've got to. I've got to understand. I've got to comprehend what you're telling me. So make me to understand the way. You understand? I have declared my ways. I need you to teach me your statutes. Now I need you to make me to understand through that word of God, those statutes, the way of thy precepts, your principles, that I'm constantly walking down the right road and I'm living life by the principles of the word of God. So I need you to make me to understand and comprehend the very road you want me to be on, the road of life that you put me on, and the precepts and principles that it is so that I can talk to others about your wondrous works, your marvelous deeds, the things that you have done. So I can brag on you. I want to be on the right road so I'm not getting hurt, so I'm in the will of God. And then in so doing, I can brag on you because I am doing exactly what you ask me to do. So we see the cleaving and we see the counting and we see the comprehending. Now we see the next verse, the commanding. My soul melteth for heaviness, strengthen thou me. And again, this is in the imperative and it is in the intensive. And the command is, strengthen me. I need to be able to strengthen. And the idea is the strength to stand. That's the idea of this particular word. The strength to stand. Having done all to stand, stand therefore. My soul, it melteth for heaviness. Oh, it, it just droops. It's, it's just, oh, I, I, just, I just fall into total grief. I need your word. Raise me up. I've fallen from the heaviness. My soul is weighed down. Oh, raise me up. Strengthen me that I can stand according to thy word. Here you go, folks. You're going to stand for God's word. You're going to stand for what the Lord said, and thus saith the Lord. You're going to declare, thus saith the Lord. Defend thus saith the Lord, depend on thus saith the Lord, declare it, and live it in obedience. If not, you're going to fall down in heaviness. Your soul is going to melt, and you're not going to find yourself where you need to be, and that is in the strength of the Word. The Word of God is my strength. The Word of God is my light. The Word of God is my life. Then he goes from this to the next verse, which says, remove from me the way of lying. And here we see the word cutting, take away, remove from me, cut it out of my life. 
from me the way of lying. Uh, and my, one of my ways that I've seen is I'm a, I've been on the way of lying. And I don't want to be on that road of lying. So take me off that lying path and give me your law and, and graciously do so. The idea of this is I don't want to be in the way of lying. I don't want to lie and I don't want to be lied to. I don't want to believe the lies. I don't want to hear about billions of years ago and fall into the trap of believing the lie when the word of God declares plainly in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. I'm going to cut that out, that lie that's been given to me. When they say that there are many gods, but the Bible says there's only one God who's above all, and I am the Lord God, and above me there is none else, I'm not going to listen to the lie. I'm cutting that lying out. I'm removing it out, and I'm asking you to grant me thy law graciously. In other words, give me your word Give me the ability to have your word and do so graciously. I need it. So uh, we're, we're cleaving, we're counting, we're comprehending, and we're commanding, and we're cutting. Now, we go to the next verse, and we see the word choosing. In verse number 30, I have chosen the way of truth. Remove from me the way of lying. I have chosen the way of truth. Thy judgments have I laid before me. Choice is such an important point. We need to realize we make choices. And we make choices. We have to pay the consequence of that choice, especially when that choice goes against the word of God. Now, look, I can make a choice for the Lord. It's the right choice. I did it the right way, in the right manner and still have consequences because the world doesn't like my choice and they aim their guns at me, but that's okay. I'm in the will of God. I'll be in the protective hand of God, but I can choose to go the wrong way, be out of the will of God and take fire from people who say, I thought you were standing up as a Christian. Why did you go against this? And still take heat from people, but have no help from God because I have stepped out from underneath him and said, I know what you said, but I'm going to go my own way. I'm going to do my own thing. I don't need you to intervene on my behalf. When we do that, we're in trouble. And so we must realize that as we cut out the lying, we are choosing the way of truth, the road of truth. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. And he whom the Son sets free is free indeed. So the psalmist has said, I've made a choice. I'm choosing. I have chosen the way of truth. Thy judgments, your verdicts, have I laid before me? I've seen what you do when you judge people. I know your, your verdicts are, I've laid them before me. The idea of that is simply put that I, I, I put them into my being. I, I'm going to follow them. I, I've looked at them and I agree that this is what I need to adjust to. I, I, I'm going to lay them out and I'm going to adjust to what thus saith the Lord is. I'm going to go your way. I'm going to do it your way. I'm going to do what you say, and I'm not going to listen to these other voices. I'm not going to stay on the wrong road. I'm going this way. Now, when he gets done with that, he goes from the choosing to clinging. I have stuck unto thy testimonies. There, he's, he says, I'm, I'm clinging to your testimonies. I've stuck to them like glue. 
I mean, I'm letting your testimonies be stuck to me. I'm, I'm holding fast, like glue, sticking. I'm taking what you've testified in your word to my heart, and I am sticking to what thus saith the Lord. I'm not sticking to thus saith man. I'm not sticking to thus saith the skeptic. I'm not sticking to thus saith anybody that goes against the very word of God. I'm sticking to thus saith the Lord. And I have stuck. I've done it. That's what I'm doing. I'm clinging. Oh, Lord, put me not to shame. Listen, if you don't cling unto what the word of God says and his testimonies in it, you will be ashamed. He's actually saying to him there because of the stem that is in, cause me not to be shamed. He knows that he could be ashamed very quickly. There are times that I look back in my life where I've just had spells where I was defeated or down or upset or whatever, and I allowed that period of time to kind of defeat me for a little bit, maybe cause church not to be as exciting when I went because I went with a bad attitude or a bad spirit. And in the process of doing that, I have cheated myself out of blessings. I've gone or maybe I didn't go. Maybe there was a place or time where I just said, you know what, it isn't worth it. And then you feel ashamed. The Spirit of God convicts you, and you feel ashamed. And you say, oh, Lord, I'm so, oh, I feel so ashamed. Don't look at me. See, that's what happened to Adam and Eve. When, when they sinned and their eyes were open, they realized they were naked, they didn't run to God. They ran from God. They were ashamed. We're hiding because we're naked. And the Lord said, really, who told you that? You know, did you eat of the fruit I told you not to eat of? They were ashamed. And my friend, we, we're, we're living in a day and age where people don't feel ashamed about anything anymore. In fact, in the book of Jeremiah, it talks about they no longer would even blush. We're living in a day and age where it absolutely blows my mind what is said in mixed company and nobody gets a red face. There are times I have to move away in a public place from people that are talking because it absolutely just turns my face beat red and it's just the how can we talk about that but we're living in a day and age where just everything goes there's no shame but I'm glad the psalmist said I don't want to be ashamed I've become glued I'm I'm clinging to your absolute testimonies what you have said what you have done I don't want to be ashamed that brings us to our last verse in this set of eight verses we see him concentrating i will run the way of thy commandments when thou shalt enlarge my heart i will run the way of thy commandments again this is an act of the will i will do it i'm going to do it I'm going to go your way because of the very commandments of God. I want you to enlarge my heart. And I'm going to keep running towards your commandments as you keep enlarging my heart. And I'm going to tell you something. I want God to enlarge my heart. And I don't want this world to get my heart at all. I want this to be what God wants me to do. So what we see here is that there is a concentrating I'm running the right way. I'm concentrating on staying on the right path. I'm, I'm, I'm dealing with my energy of life to make sure I don't get off the beaten path. You remember, 
that talks about in the New Testament, Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize, so run that you may obtain. Run to win. Now listen, we had to live in a winner's thing where we think we got to win to get the gold and the glory and the, all that. But no, we're running not to win in the sense that we're somebody. We're running because he said if we run his race, we've already won. He won it for us. If we run against the rules, because it talks about there in 1 Corinthians 9, going against the rules, if you don't strive lawfully, then you're not going to be rewarded. And you're to run to obtain. And he said, Paul said, and I'm running this race, and I'm running it so that I will not be disapproved. The, the word there is the akamos, disapproved. Castaway is the word that's there. I don't want to be cast off. I don't want to be shelved. Paul's fear in life was not to be of being stoned. Paul's fear was not that they would come against him in a shipwreck. Paul's fear was not that he would die. Paul's fear was that he would be shelved and unable to deal and do the will of God and the word of God. He would be shelved because of some bad choice that he would make. So he said, uh, I, I've got to run, and I beat my body black and blue. I beat myself into subjection. I make sure that my body, my flesh, is in check. That's why Paul said, I die daily. That's why Paul said, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So you understand that we're running a race. And we also know from Hebrews 12, 1 and 2, that we are looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. And we are to run this race with patience. We're to lay aside the weight and the sin that does so easily beset us. So we take off these things. That's what he's saying. I will run the way of thy commandments. I'm running your way. I'm taking off all the junk that's not about you you're going to enlarge my heart, and I am going to run. Are you th concentrating on running the race? If you are, then you're concentrating on getting rid of the weights that weigh you down that you weren't meant to carry. You're then going to deal with the sin that so easily messes you up and put a guard on your life in your heart. Enlarge my heart so that I have a guard on these things that have easily swayed me and moved me over the years so that I can keep on keeping on. And then keep on keeping on looking unto Jesus. Don't get your eyes anywhere else. Keep your eyes on Jesus. When Peter walked on the water, we don't know why he got his eyes off of Jesus onto the waves. I would like to ask him. I would like to see if maybe it might have been the guys in the boat. Maybe this happened. We don't know. But maybe as he stepped over the bow after he said, Lord, if it's really you, bid me come walk on the water. And Jesus said, come on. And so he started walking on the water. Maybe the guys in the boat started saying, hey, Peter, what are you doing? You can't walk on water. Hey, what? Look, man, look at the waves. You're going to die. You're going to drown. You're going to be knocked down. What are you doing? I, we don't know what was said in the boat. They may have been absolutely dumbfounded by the whole thing and not said a word. But I just wonder, was it the sound of the waves? Was it the people in the boat? But something made him get his eyes off of Jesus. And he went down like a rock. And he didn't have time for some fancy highfalutin prayer. He had time for a three-word prayer before he went under. Lord, save me. And the Lord did. 
So concentrate on the race. Concentrate on the way. Concentrate on the word of God. My soul cleaveth unto the dust. Quicken thou me according to thy word. Make me alive. I have declared my ways, and thou heardest me. Teach me thy statutes. Make me to understand the way of thy precepts. So shall I talk of thy wondrous works. My soul melteth for heaviness. Strengthen thou me according unto thy word. Remove from me the way of lying, and grant me thy law graciously. I have chosen the way of truth. Thy judgments have I laid before me. I have stuck unto thy testimonies. O Lord, put me not to shame. I will run the way of thy commandments when thou shalt enlarge my heart. That ends our section here in our acrostic psalm. The next section is going to start in verse number 33, and it will run down to verse number 40. And here, the psalmist is going to deal with himself in a great, great way. And you're going to see the word me, 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 me a lot. Now, he's not going to be doing that in the me, myself, and I, I'm great thing. But he's going to be talking to the Lord about the help that he personally needs. And I can tell you, based on what this section just said, into the next section, which to the first sections have t showed us how we cleanse our way, that he's showing the need to stay clean, stay focused, and stay in the Word. Do you get the idea the Word of God's very, very important? 176 verses dedicated to the Word of God in the longest chapter of the Bible because God's Word is important. And man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. My friend, you can't live without the Lord. You can't live without his word. You need the word of God. You need the God of the word. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that we will be one of those that want to be cleaving and counting and Lord comprehending and commanding and cutting and choosing and clinging and concentrating on the very principles the very precepts, the very statutes, judgments, testimonies of the blessed book, the Word of God, the book you wrote, the only book you wrote that reveals you and who you are, your holiness, your attributes, our wonderful Savior and His holiness and attributes, His willingness to the will of the Father, all the things that we see in the Word of God that remind us of how great thou art, my Savior God to thee how great thou art. It is my prayer and hope that we will dig in, dig out, and live it in a world that needs to see desperately Jesus Christ. We'll thank you for it in the blessed name of Jesus. In his name we pray it. Amen and amen. This is Pastor Walton. Have an absolutely awesome week. Yes, I believe every word that he said is true. I believe he'll do exactly what he said he would do. How I love his precious word, it thrills me through and through. I believe every word is true. Oh, I believe every word that he said is true. I believe he'll do exactly what he said he would do. How I love his precious word, it thrills me through and through. I believe every word.
You've been listening to the Teaching Timeless Truths radio broadcast with Pastor Roger Walton. You can send all correspondence to tttbroadcasts at gmail.com. Tune in again next week for another Timeless Truth.